Yes, you're talking absolute rubbish. Absolute rubbish. As long as I say we can persuade Willie to stay in Ireland, we'll stay in England. TSI, get stuck in. And here's a new people chasing star. It's Gallop Anderson, who gallops to glory in the Gold Cup. That's probably the most ridiculous question. It is, I know, but I had to ask um, you. No, you didn't have to ask me. You're calling out prices. Bookmakers' prices on this channel, right? Yep. You couldn't have two bananas to a banana with a bookmaker. Jumped in like a bag of hammers. The racing is under such scrutiny. Ah, if you don't like racing, go and watch Peppa Pig. Thanks for joining us on the Final Furlong Podcast and our latest instalment of the Owners and Trainers Bar. We are joined by one of the most talented trainers in Ireland, but also one of the biggest characters and personalities in the game. Shark Handlin, welcome to the Final Furlong Podcast. Hello, how are you all going? Good. In good form. I find it very hard to believe, though, that it's almost a year since you and I were on the stage together for the Castle Cumber Willie Race, which most people watching this Castle Cumber Willie Race. What, what, the? Have, what have it to do with the Castle Cumber <laughs> Willie Race? What the I'll hell is explain. a Willie Race? I'll explain it very quick. A good session. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was one hell of a session for you, uh, for, uh, sure, yeah, for not sure. Like it. <laughs> sure. Not like it, boy. Not like it. Thousands of people show up New Year's Day in Castlecomer. It's great fun. There's a big parade um, where people build floats and they march through the streets, all celebrating various different things that have gone on that year. But the amount of people who turned up in horse racing themed floats, parades, outfits, like literally uh, a group of women who I think ended up winning it, uh, as in the, who had the best float, uh, all dressed up in Hewick's colors with Hewitt right. and people pretending to be Rachel Blackmore. And it was just, it was absolutely magic. If you're looking for a way to promote the sport of horse racing, yeah, maybe no, the best thing to do is to just focus on the personalities and the equine talent because there were thousands there that day and everyone had a great time. Yeah, no, there was a big crowd there. So there were, and in fairness, they were all very good. They all knew a bit about race. And we had a great day. A fabulous day, so we And a better night. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, that was a late night. It was a lot of a lot of fun, though. Uh, a lot of fun indeed. A, a lot, lot of fun. The reason you were the guest of honor, of course, is the massive success you had with Hewitt. And since then, he was running really a massive race in the Gold Cup. Who knows where he would have finished um, when he tumbled? He's then gone to Sandown and uh, and gone for the group, the Grade Two that day, and tore the place apart under Rachel Blackmore. That was a really good performance. Uh, and the last time we saw him was under a big weight, a welter burden under the British champion jockey Brian Hughes trying to go back-to-back in the Galway Plate. And I watched that back this morning. He actually runs a massive race up until about the third last and then probably tired yeah. for lack of a recent run. The ground. And, and I the, think the ground was too soft. The ground, he needs a bit of nice ground and Galway just came soft this year and it didn't suit us. So what did Brian tell you about that performance and what did you make of it overall yourself? He, Brian was very happy. He just said that he didn't get out of the ground carried a heavy weight. If the ground was good, you can carry heavy weight on good ground, but you can't carry heavy weight on soft ground. Mm. So that's all that, listen, that's what beat him. And he had a long season. So from that day until now, we let him off and brought him back in there about eight or nine weeks ago and we're ready to roll again. So like, this isn't a fluke. You know, he's he's won the Bet365 Gold Cup. He's won the Galway Plate. He really should have won the Kerry National, if we're being completely oh, honest about yeah. it. But never mind. Makes up for it in spectacular fashion in America. And then he's running that blinding race in the Gold Cup as well. He's got a serious chance of at least making the frame in the King George. And with, look, you've got Gordon on the run. Gordon has decided, I don't think Jerry Kalam's going to go now Now that Hewick's going. Maybe it has something to do with Alaho turning up as well. But perhaps. That's just rumours, though. 
Uh, by the way, he might still rock up for the race. Um, but there's big question marks about Shishkin, big question marks about the defending champion Brave Man's game. And then you look at your fella, loves the ground, loves the trip, has got good speed figures, would be ahead of quite a few of his rivals on time form ratings. You must be very excited. Yeah, I know. It's an exciting time, so it is. Um, this is first run back of the season for me. And the reason I had in the back earlier was because um, like America is on again next year and we'll probably end up in America next year at, at some stage. And I wanted to give him a nice break. He got a nice break and he's back. And listen, um, I know King George is a big, big, big thing, but like all the horses are running and are meeting little loopholes along the way. So we didn't get to meet a loophole yet because we didn't run them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. So as they're all falling by the wayside, or at least have questions to answer, uh, there's Huick sitting in his box just watching all this unfold and going, I'd take them. I'd have taken that race, no problem. Um, yeah, well, we had, we had him away last week, back up to Nace there, um, and he went over two mile, and I came home, I was very happy. So please, God, it keeps in good form, keeps healthy, and we'd be afraid we'd be at no Christmas dinner. We'd, we'd be across the water. Yeah, so you were saying this to me beforehand, and, and this kind of gets lost in the fog of we're all very excited for the King George and for the Savile's Chase, and indeed the Leopardstown Christmas Festival. You can win tickets to the Leopardstown Christmas Festival on the Final Forum Podcast uh, right now. Check out the Tweet Machine. We'll find You'll find out how to enter. But you're having to go over Christmas Eve morning, so Christmas Day is going to be spent near enough to Kempton. Yeah, well, it was Christmas. You see, there's no boats on Christmas Day. So, Christmas morning, the last boat goes out of Ross Lair at nine o'clock in the morning. So, we'll be on the boat. We'll be leaving here probably at half five, uh, six o'clock to be down in Ross Lair. And myself, Rachel, and the two boys will, will, will head across so well. So, we'll, I'm afraid we might get a bit of Christmas dinner maybe on Friday before we go. How do you feel about that? About spending Christmas away from home? You will at least you'll be with the family, but still, you're you're not where you want to be. No, listen, my parents are getting that little bit older now too, and you never know when they're, when they're here or when they're not, and you'd like to spend as much time as you can with them. But listen, they're excited for the horse going over as well, and all the family is excited for the horse going over. So we have no choice on the on the um, take off and go, and that's it. Was Kempton always more appealing to you than going for a Savills at Leopardstown? I think the ground in Kempton would be better. Um, usually the ground in Kempton will be good, and for our heart, school ground makes an awful difference. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just going through his form, you've basically kept him away from soft ground. In fact, the only time recently you didn't was when you brought him over to France, when he took on the yeah. the French superstar, Delem or whichever the pronunciation is, Shark. Yeah. Um, but that was on soft ground, back over hurdles. There were a lot of things against him that day. And while he was beaten 14 and a half lengths, he still ran a blinder. He was fourth. He ran a cracker, picked up a lot of money again, but he um, he just didn't hand the ground over there. The, the said before we went over, the ground was going to be good, but it was heavy. So um, that finished our, our chance. But he ran a cracker again, so he ran very well. The French getting the going wrong? Never. They, they, they did say Never. the uh, going description was going to be soft ground, potentially soft to heavy for Arc Weekend. And then John Gosden was saying on Arc Day on Sky Sports Racing, that's closer to good to firm ground. So they're, yeah. fr they're French. Yeah. Well, the toll, the toll does go over that the ground, though, it'll have to be good. It'll be good ground. And we walked the track that morning and I said, 
it's soft to heavy. That's what I call it. Jesus. And uh, when the jockey, when they came in after the jockeys came in after, they said, "Yeah, it's good and soft." So that means soft to heavy. Sacre bleu. Given the fact that you were there and you got to see that horse strutty stuff, what did you make of him? Because there's big talk that he's going to be aimed at the stairs hurdle this season. Yeah, listen, he was, he's a gorgeous horse, and if you had him or I had him, you'd be going for a stairs hurdle. Okay, I might need to revise my opinion of him. My negative opinion of him isn't against the horse. It's against who's going to ride him. I imagine it's going to be a French jockey, and I don't trust French jockeys around Cheltenham. I just don't. Unless they've got Siri and the sat-nav telling them, turn left now, make yeah, your winning yeah. move now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, not that bad, though. Hold on. Oh, they're hold not on, great. In 200 metres. contention. They do have some good days. Yeah, they do, but one too many Jacques Racous for my liking, and that ride from the French jockey That's... on Gold Tweet on the stairs. Jesus. Yeah, was... no, no, I, I agree. I agree. They might, they might just change their mind and get uh, an English jockey or an Irish jockey and give themselves a chance. Yeah, I, I think, I imagine they will, but we'll see. You're having to jock off the guy who's been riding him in France all that time, so we'll see how that plays out. Speaking of riders, Rachel Blackmore and Brian Hughes have ridden Hewick recently. The Irish boys aren't really going to know where they're going. Rachel obviously is going to be needed in Ireland. I, I'm imagining she will be anyway. We don't know if Paul Townend is going over to ride Alaho or not. We're still, I'm sure Danny Mullins would be eagerly waiting because it's either Fasal Vega he picks up or he gets Alaho, one or the other. Um, but who's in contention to ride Hewick? Any calls made yet? I made a few calls today and you see, no one knows where they're going. That's the problem. Do you know, um, I have, I, I could lay them off a little race in Blackmore, of course. Brian Hughes, they're all, they're all in contented. Uh, Sean Bowen. Um, but we don't know where anyone is going yet. So we can't say, I'll tell I'd say this time tomorrow evening, I'll know because um, they're all getting back to me. And um, like I'd like to know where we're going or what we're doing. We know where we're going, but we don't know what jockey we have yet. So there's no point in saying that I do, I don't. He's not a complicated ride, though. It's it's not like he needs a specific type of rider to get the best out of him. No, he's a, he's a, he's a very good rider. Uh, ride. The horse is a very good rider, but he just... He comes off the bridle. I remember Rachel saying to me in um, when he won Bet365, she thought he was beaten. The next thing she said, he just came back under her like a new horse. And I was after warning her before she got up on him. I said, this lad now will come off the bridle and hopefully he'll come back under you again. And he came off the bridle, turned in. And she said, oh God, I'm going to get well beaten. The next thing she said, she was back flying again. So, and that's what he does. And that's kind of what he was doing in the Gold Cup as well. He was just about to get his second wind. Yeah, Gard, uh, Jordan Gamford now, in fairness, in the Gold Cup, was he, he was in bits when he came back in because he said that he was after coming back on the, off the bridle, but he was after coming back on the bridle, and he said that he would have stayed the whole way up the hill. And when we're talking about Jordan Gamford, hopefully, um, listen, he had he has an injury, yeah. um, but he always knows that, that this horse is his ride. So please God, whenever he gets back, he'll be back on board again and hopefully wishing him the best of luck. Yeah, he's been very unlucky with injuries. It kind of traces back to the Riviera de Tell fall at, at the festival. It's just yeah, he's after, he's after getting awful fall, so he is. And listen, he's a lovely chap. He's only a kid, but he's a lovely chap. And um, hopefully that everything turns out for him. Yeah, I was actually watching back because I'm I'm going through the King George, uh, obviously with a fine tooth comb. And I was watching back Jerry Kalan. It's one of life's great mysteries. How did Jerry Kalan get beaten by the real whacker? The more I watched that yeah. race back. Who built the pyramids? Did we really go to the moon? And how did Jerry Kalam get beaten by the real whacker? It's one of the I mysteries that scholars will debate for generations to come. But watching the race back, if you, there's nothing... If you, if, you talk to, if you talk to Paddy Merrigan, he'll tell you. 
What did Paddy Merrigan say? Paddy says the real whacker was a certainty. It didn't make any difference. Well, I'm starting to think, actually, that the real whacker is a horse I've just badly underestimated. Like, really badly yeah. underestimated. And I think a lot of us have. He's a good horse. He's a good horse, so he is. And um, I know he had a run there the other day. Wasn't good, but... Listen, I tell you, he wasn't trained for the other day. He'd be trained for, for bigger things. Yeah, and to be fair, long run came back in the Paddy Power Gold Cup for Nicky Henderson, won the King George in his next start after finishing third. So pulling up is not yeah. the end of the world at all there. Not the end of the world, no. Yeah. And Paddy, never, Paddy knows his horse well and is well able to train him. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And he had a winner the other day too. It's his first winner of the season, so a boost to the stable yeah, form. Yeah. But I think when it's a small trainer like that, stable form doesn't really... I remember Phil Bull... Um, before my time, but reading and racing back in the day, Phil Bull used to subscribe to the notion that there is no such thing as stable form. It's all it's all just a distraction. It's nonsense. Now every heart is different. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there's definitely arguments that can be made that stable form is very much a thing, but there's also very much uh, arguments that can be made that it doesn't really amount for a whole lot. Um, yeah. Overall, what are you hoping for from Hewick in the King George? I think he'd be in the first three. And if the ground ends up on the good side, he he won't be far away. I think you're right. I, I really think you're right. And I'm, I'm not just saying this for the sake of it. Now, I was absolutely convinced that Ella McNeil was going to have a double at the weekend. I thought 300 through five looked a good thing. And I thought Thunder Rock was going to bolt up. Uh, I was right about Fugitive and Il Rodato, but no good to my bank balance. Yeah. I didn't back either of them. Um so my bullishness about you, I'll, I'll just I'll temper that enthusiasm. But I think he's a crack in each way. But we know he's going, we know what he's capable yeah. of, and we know what he can do again. Uh, he's got yeah, a massive he runs, chance, and he runs well fresh. Very much so. Yeah, there's a, there's an awful oh. lot to like about him. Um, this he's is gone. this is going to be a pretty quick turnaround. But there's a couple of forces that you're going to run in the UK tomorrow, which you kind of alluded to already. Uh, Dragon Rock, who time form have already tipped. And Proform, reckon Mullins Cross, is um, very much the one to beat in the 230 at Catterick. So you're going to have a shark handling double before Christmas in the UK. Please, God, now I tell you, Mullins Cross, my own young lad, Rodham, he's only 16. He's first ride over hurls uh, four days ago, and he won on him in Bangor, which was brilliant for us. We bred the horse. His father had to stand, um, which was a full family job, and it was absolutely brilliant. And... Uh, Dragon's Rock won in Fairy House for Barry O'Neill, won well, and Paddy rides him now tomorrow. So please God, he gets around clear. Listen, he's only 16 years of age, only having his second ride over hurl. So for my eyes, the first thing we need is a safe round, and after that, everything is a bonus. But listen, he has a chance, yeah, definitely. How does it feel to be the father who is not just preparing the racehorse, but also you're sending your son out to battle? Well, I'm at home here, so I am because um, just my mother is not very well and my father is down the room and I should be over there, but no, I'm at home and um, I'm looking forward to sitting back and watching it on telly tomorrow for a change from a distance. And he knows I can't give out to him when he comes in as well when I'm so far away. <laughs> it's a bonus for Paddy. But he's not going to oh. get anything wrong. He's going to sail to victory. I hope so. I hope you're right, by. I, I like the way you're thinking. I like the way you're thinking. Well, the, the chances... Brian Hughes, Brian, Brian Hughes rides the other lad, and he has a chance. And in fairness to Brian Hughes, since Paddy went over to England, Brian Hughes has been very, 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 very good to Paddy 
about the tracks, telling him how to ride them and everything. Like he's a, he's a gentleman. Brian is a gentleman. And um, if Paddy had a question tomorrow morning, he'd ring Brian and ask him. So, um, like he's Paddy went over to Charity Post there um, a couple of uh, six weeks ago or seven weeks ago, and he's after learning a lot over there. And Charity got his license from so. Um, no, all good, all good. It is amazing the camaraderie and the bond there is between. I mean, it's not going to be the same for everybody, but the jockeys in the weighing room, how they do take the younger riders under their wing and how trainers help one another out as well. Because at the end of the day, you're all competing for the same prize money. You're all trying to win the same races. Like it's war on the race course, but there is a remarkable bond uh, that interconnects the trainers and jockeys off the track for sure. Oh, definitely. Like you see, I see there over the years, like a lot of get a fall and next thing, if you were standing outside the weigh room, you'd see three or four jockeys going over to see was he okay, which is brilliant. Like that's, now, when, when they go on a horse, they all ride their own race. But um, the Bremen, the past, they, they try and, and um, when they pass the flag, they try and help each other as much as they can. Yeah, it's it's remarkable. It really is remarkable indeed. A um, couple of other horses to ask you about before uh, I send you on your way. Um, Rodney, he was beaten in a bumper the other day, beaten yeah, way he, too far for that home. to be his true form. Yeah, no, he came home wrong. Um, came home, wasn't right when he came home, so he's going to get probably three weeks off now. He, um, I, I like the horse a lot to do, but he just came home very wrong on the rest of the day, so put A couple of horses to mention over the Christmas. I know there's an Ifraj I'm very keen to, to hear about, but Top Gun Simi, he's going to be on the easy list for a couple of weeks, is he? He won't be ready for Christmas, but um, when he comes out in January, you can keep an eye out him. I think he's a, he's a very, very good horse. He's a horse that... Uh, just I give him a bit of time off. At Durkins in Dublin owned him, and uh, in fair to um, to run him around. So um, I think that he'll at the end of January he'll be ready to run. Looking forward to that. And the Ifraj. Yeah, I have a couple of nice. I'm a nice filly there. She'll run in January. First four year old bumper. Um, she's um, I think she's very nice. So she's she's a very good page. Uh, she came out with the Queens and uh, the Queen brother, and I bought her at the sales. Blood. I think that she'll... The royal family are not happy about the fact that you've acquired this horse, so they've hacked the system and tried to ban you from being able to share with us how this regally bred royal horse is going to be going. Um, what, what's her What's her name? Oh, no. No, you're asking. Oh, no! Shark, come on! Yeah, and, I, and I talked to you a minute ago, but I thought of it. I'll think of it in a minute. Oh, Jesus, my head is gone. But um, she's by Ephraim, and she'll run, I think it's the se- uh, seventh or fourteenth, the first four-year-old um, bumper in Ireland. Okay. In right. That's a, this is like talking to Aiden. Aiden sometimes doesn't actually mention the name of the horse. He talks about the dam instead. So, so yeah, yeah, right. yeah. If it's good enough for <laughs> the I'm goat, it's good enough for Shark Anlin. That's okay. It's gas. It, I think of what they're by. I'd be out in the yard. I think of what they're by and I could know what they're after doing. So when that's been the name of the horse, I'm about to tell him. <laughs> it's gas. You know, I never name a horse. Rachel names all the horses here. So our name is Silver Pageant. Well, hey, we got there. Excellent. All right. Into the time form so, tracker, Silver Pageant. Yeah. Back blindly, uh-huh. gamble responsibly and all that malarkey. I, I could tell you the one, two, three from various different Cheltenham Festival races from 2003, 2005. I couldn't tell you what I had for dinner yesterday. It's just the, the yes, mind. It's gas. It's gas. And I'd be the very same. I'd know, I'd know exactly, but just take off, the, off my head. I just could forget it, you know. But listen, there's, there's, there's great days coming, please, God. We have a, we have a lovely bundle of three-year-olds run. 
there's 15 or 16 three-year-olds there that I really like. So hopefully a couple of good ones will come out of them. I'm looking forward to seeing these in action. I'm very much looking forward to seeing Hewick in action as well. Shark, I've absolutely thoroughly enjoyed getting your insight into the horses to look out for. Most importantly, Hewick. Whoever's going to ride him is in for yes. a real treat and they've got a serious chance of at the very least of placing, but potentially causing a massive upset as well. He's done it before and he can very much do it again. With a bit of luck. We have to have luck. If you haven't got luck, you have not. True. Happy Christmas, Shark. Thanks very much for joining us. Happy Christmas, bye. Thank you. And thanks for watching. Hopefully you've enjoyed this episode of the Final Furlough Podcast. If you did, likes, shares, and subscribes. In fact, if you subscribe to the podcast now, you're automatically entered to win two premium tickets worth 94 quid each for the Leopardstown Christmas Festival. So like, share, and subscribe this episode with the legend Shark Hanlon. We'll talk to you again very, very soon on the Final Furlough Podcast. Look after yourself and each other. God bless.